Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, Book 4, Chapter 15. The grace of devotion is won by humility and self-denial. Christ the Beloved. You must ask for the grace of devotion with earnestness, must seek it with desire, wait for it with patience and confidence, welcome it with gratitude, keep it with humility, use it with care and leave to God the ending and the manner of this visit from on high until it comes again. You should feel especially humble when you are conscious of little or no inward devotion but not unduly depressed or unreasonably upset about it. God gives you in a simple short moment what he has withheld for a long time. Sometimes he gives you at last what he deferred giving you first when you began praying for it. If that grace were always given to you at once, if you had only to pray for it to receive it, It would be more than man in his weakness could well endure. These devout feelings, therefore, which God favors you with, should be awaited with lively hope and unassuming patience. When it's not given to you, even when you are conscious of its secret withdrawal, you must blame yourself and your sins for it. It is sometimes something very trivial which stands in the way of grace and conceals it. If anything can be called trivial rather than serious, which acts as a barrier to so great a blessing. Once you have done away with this barrier, whether small or great, won a complete victory over it, what you pray for shall come to pass. The moment you surrender to God with all your heart, no longer seeking this or that as will or whim dictates, but placing yourself wholly in his charge, you will find yourself united to him and your heart will be at peace. Nothing will taste sweeter to you, nothing give you greater pleasure than being obedient to the will of God. If a man therefore lifts up his intentions with unfeigning heart to God, making a clean sweep of all ill-regulated love or dislike for any creature. He will be fitly prepared to receive grace and worthy to be given the gift of devotion. It is when the Lord finds empty vessels that he fills them with his blessings. The more completely a man abjures the things of earth, the more he dies to himself by taking a low view of himself the more speedy is the coming of grace, the more plentifully it is showered upon him, and the higher it lifts up his unfettered heart. Then shall he see, then shall the heart within him swell with wonder and overflow. For the hand of the Lord is upon him. In that hand, he has placed himself wholly and forever. This is the blessing that will come upon the man who seeks God wholeheartedly. 
the man who has not been given the gift of life in vain. When he receives the Holy Eucharist, he merits the great grace of union with God, for he is not concerned with his own devotion or comfort. Beyond all devotion and consolation, this is what he seeks, the honor and glory of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here. Heaven this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In these last few chapters, Thomas Kempis has given us a program or a set of degrees with how we might approach Holy Communion. In other words, he began talking about the way in which Holy Communion is the remedy for our sins. Holy Communion is the remedy for our propensity to sin. Holy Communion is the great secret answer to overcoming so many of our sins. And that's a very crucial aspect of how we should approach Holy Communion. As St. Philip used to say, the best way to prepare is to present oneself to God as ready as far as I'm concerned to do all the evil in the world if he doesn't help me. I am weak. But the Eucharist is my strength. Just as the Israelites had the manna for their strength for the 40 years in the desert as they got, went to the Holy Land. So the Eucharist is our strength against falling back, against wanting to go back into Egypt, wanting to sin. Okay, that's one aspect. But another huge aspect is the way in which the Holy Eucharist trains us to love God. It trains us to prefer eternal things, the Holy Eucharist re-adapts our spiritual palate. The Holy Eucharist is our way to union with God. It's through the Eucharist that we reach God. The Eucharist is Jesus himself. Okay, so growing in the virtues, above all, growing in the love of God, but here we come to this chapter. And what does he say at the end? That beyond all devotion and consolation, there was a way that we can approach Holy Communion in which we want what? The honor and glory of God. At some point, the Lord leads us to the state of soul, the disposition of soul in which Oh, yes, we want remedies for our sins. Yes, we want to grow in the virtues. We want to be devoted. devoted. But there's a state in which all we want from the Eucharist primarily is the honor and glory of God. We want people to pay God the testimony that he deserves. That's what honor is. Honor testifies, recognizes God's greatness. And glory is when that testimony 
that we give, which he deserves for who he is, is recognized by others. When his greatness is manifested to others by the way we honor him, then glory goes to God. And Thomas Aquinas is telling us that we should pray for this grace. But notice what he says in the beginning of this chapter. God does not give all at once all the graces we ask for. In fact, he says that he might give in a short moment what he's withheld for a long time. Now, why does God do that? Because we need to learn patience. We need to be humbled. And we should not be unduly depressed, he says, or unreasonably upset if we don't feel like we have much inward devotion. If we've been asking for something, the Lord doesn't seem to give it. Why? Because we want his honor and his glory, and we're more concerned about what he's doing. We're more concerned about letting God do what he wants to do. That was the great motto of Blessed Dina Belanger, one of the saints of Quebec. Love, she said, and allow Jesus and Mary to act. Love and allow Jesus and Mary to act. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.